Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby Cake Podcast, episode, episode 507. Mitch, on the other side of Zoom, Charlie are with you. Uh, for some reason, I thought San Diego's area code was 507 because the Rey Mysterio has like the famous finisher. It's actually 619, so we got a ways to go. Looked up the area code for 507. It's southern Minnesota, in case anyone was wondering. Uh, we have a great show today. We're going to do a car- coaching carousel draft for the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll go through all the potential options, talk maybe probably about the podcast curse. We're going to talk about which Packer games you're looking forward to the most. Uh, the schedule will come out later today. And then we'll talk about how many wins it's going to take to win the NL Central after the Brewers have been struggling and why I don't necessarily think it's a big deal that they're struggling right now. I uh, wish they were playing better baseball. It makes life more fun, but what can you do? On the other side of the Zoom, as mentioned, Mitch, what's happening, dude? Just watching the uh, the Eastern Conference semifinal that the Bucks should be playing in. Yeah, um, yeah, we should be taping. We should be going live at uh, 9, 930 today after they've beat the Knicks in five. <laughs> yeah, if only. But in reality, the uh, the Knicks are up, you know, kind of right around double digits. It was as much as like 20 in the third quarter and maybe not quite that much, but, you know, upper teens and – Heat are chipping away. I mean, they're doing it, and it's so fucking dumb. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when you watch these games and you don't really have – when you're not, like, emotionally locked into, like, every possession, Hmm. you can kind of, like, pick up stuff, I think, a little better than, like, you might watch – like, when the Bucs play, I'm watching the Bucs players, right, more than probably anything. But it's like, you see what the Heat – and I know this, but it's like, the Heat just fucking, they just, they fall on every possession and then get away with it nine times out of ten. Yeah. And then obviously bitch the one time they do get called for right. something. They're just like so physical and it seems like everything is so hard. So like the Knicks are up, but it's like they have, they've had to make a lot of threes. They've had to make a lot of floaters and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I, he, he I, are going to win this game, and and they're only you know they're they've been down double digits like the whole second half. Well, let's hope not. Um, you know, I'm sure there are a few of us who are holding a Knicks minus three ticket today or whatever. But um, you know the uh, the the thought about the Heat is yeah, you do notice a lot of shit. Um, some teams you end up liking more than others. Like I don't really hate the Lakers. Like I think because I like Darvin Ham, I. I kind of like that team besides Anthony Davis. Like I, everybody else, I just can't see Anthony Davis. Um, but I don't mind watching the Lakers. Like aesthetically, I'm okay watching the Lakers. I really enjoy mm-hmm. the Nuggets. Not that that's a surprise. I think every like NBA fan has enjoyed watching the Nuggets. But I think I let my Jokic kind of hate, um, you know, with all the MVP debate clouded a little bit. Because I do enjoy watching that team. Um, and that team is yeah. like, fun yeah. to watch. I think Mike I'm Malone. probably I'm probably rooting for the Nuggets. I'd say yeah. the most just because yeah, they're the least public team, and they are probably out of all the teams left, and they're also pretty good. And they never won a title before, right? And so it checks a lot of the boxes for myself. Um, I've been annoyed at the Jokic. You know, he's the best player in the world now. Oh, that the slobber. It's, the it's slobber. a little. The slobber. It's a little. It's a little bit like uh, are we forgetting about somebody? Yeah. Yeah, but, the the guy who just won the was unanimous All NBA for the fifth straight year. Um, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and 
Jokic, yeah, that part is bad. And we, we have a topic in the hopper already for next Wednesday that we're going to kind of touch on a lot of this stuff where sto- final storylines that could really be just a- absolutely annoying to all involved parties. But I think the the thing that bums you out the most to put a bow on it before we move on to the Bucks carousel is like we could have had Bucks Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals, Giannis Embiid finally in a playoff series, could have potentially had Giannis LeBron in a finals, which I didn't know was possible still. Like, I didn't think that was on the table anymore. I felt like that ship had sailed. I kind of, I think at one point, uh, maybe this year, I compared it to like Kobe and LeBron and how just we never got Kobe and LeBron because they just were never good at the same time. And this year it could have happened. And so that, that part kind of like, I don't know, necessarily bums me out, make, you know, makes me a little more upset about the situation. I, although I have been getting better with just the way the Miami Heat have been playing, it's it's made it a little easier pill to swallow. Well, of course, there there would have been a ton of good matchups, you know, ahead and beyond the first round, but of course it wasn't meant to be this year. And now as Bucks fans, we're in we're in pretty much the darkest place we've been in five years. And right. We're hanging you know, on we're hanging on Instagram posts and, and all sorts of other shit to, to kind of get us by. Yeah. It sucks. And I don't know, like I said, I just haven't really felt this way about the team where it's just, you know, everything's been so good. And certainly the last two years, you know, the winning a championship in 2021 kind of wipes away all the disappointment and heartbreak from 19 and 20. But then we're kind of, now we're kind of back where we, you know, we're starting from scratch in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah. And yep. there's just there's just tons of uncertainty in it. Obviously, the first domino fell about a week ago. Yeah, Coach Bud goes, and he's no longer the coach. Podcast curse, um, which hasn't happened to us in that way in a long time. Uh, when Mitch and I, I right. think I told the story on Friday's pod, but like when Mitch and I would have to do it in the studio, we our timing would be all over the place, and it would be basically when Mitch was working. So if he was working a post-game brewer show, I would come there. I'd tape the pod. A lot of times that wouldn't always fit with like perfectly with the sports calendar. And so we get fucked on a few things. And we start calling it like, oh, the podcast jinx. And this is the first one in a while where we have our like usual schedule. We were pretty much every Thursday. You can expect us. And lo and behold, Mike Boonholzer gets fired. Um, and it was just a crazy day for me. Like I was busy with work fucking was taking my parents home from the airport like and then i'm like oh my god bud gets fired and yeah. have to do a reaction video and all that stuff and it was the bad. only was... the only thing was at least it was it came at like 5 30 the following so we, we, we yeah. got we got you know the people that that are loyal listeners probably got the whole episode in without sure you know yeah um without too much difference but then yeah of course then it immediately consoles our our podcast and you know, I didn't really think it would happen so soon, but now that it has happened, I kind of think that they probably did wait a week just to let just to let it breathe a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, had some of the things, or I should say, the thing that happened to to Coach Bud with his brother, and you know, had that not been kind of public knowledge, right? I you almost wonder if they would have just did it sooner, um, but. As because as the great John Horse says, if something's inevitable, why wait? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I haven't really 
given my public thoughts on the podcast about the firing and yeah, I mean, it's yeah, obvi- for sure. obviously, and coach Bud released a statement through his, his, uh, uh, Insta- personal Instagram account that I probably only had 500 followers before yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah. The who, other day. who the fuck knew? I don't know if maybe it was a uh, locked account and then he unlocked it to release this really awesome, be. really awesome, genuine statement. And then it seemed like once Bud sort of released the statement, then you had the Giannis Antetokounmpo stuff about the disrespect. You had Bobby basically paying tribute, but it also kind of felt like it was Bobby saying, hey, I'm out. He also unfollowed Giannis on Twitter. Um, and, you know, kind of the hounds were released. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think you were in a line. And, correct me, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you were kind of ready to move on. And you felt like, yeah, it was time. And you just didn't well, know they pulled the trigger. Yeah. I mean, with the way everything went down, it, it would have been hard to get excited about next season. I yeah. guess it would be the best way to put it. However... I think that as time would have gone on, people would have gotten over it a little bit more, would have started talking themselves into it. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Yep. But, you know, again, it just shows that the Bucks, John Horst, you know, the ownership, they don't really fuck around. Like they're they're pretty they're pretty serious about winning. They're yep. not the Packers. They're not gonna they're not gonna drag Mike McCarthy out for three years longer than he should have. Um, you know. We're only, I mean, shit, the ink's hardly dry on the championship and he's already gone. And I guess that also shows you like probably how close he was to getting fired back in 2021. Yep. And had it not been so bad against Miami, you know, you can't lose in the first round. I mean, that's, yeah, that's unacceptable. And, you know, you only won one game because you made 25 threes and um, just the lack of, adjustments i don't know why but in 2021 there were adjustments there were things the only thing i can tangibly point to is pj tucker right because you've seen in this playoffs a couple different times where he's he gets in people's faces and you know that's that's the only thing that i that i have that i can really i can pretty honestly say was the difference and i don't know unfortunately not not bringing pj back looks looks kind of kind of bad right now um yeah but 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 to cut in, like, PJ didn't want to be here. Like, we have no, that. Like, that's – you and I have both been told that privately. I've, I've put it publicly in the podcast multiple times. I tell it every time because it's like – that. I, that's, like, that's fact. And people don't want to take it as fact. I have that – we have that source. Like, that's not just, like, you and I hypotheticals. We know that, for a fact, PJ did not like it here. So – it is what it well, is. Well, that and that – and I always go back to the J.J. Reddick podcast that he was on, like, a year ago maybe more now Yeah. about, um, you know, he thought he was going to Miami before he was getting traded before he got traded to the Bucks. To me, that was like, well, you know, that's probably where he told them he wanted to go. That's where he thought he was going and that's what he wanted to do. And he went to Milwaukee and it worked out. Okay. He, you know, there's worse things in the world than going to Milwaukee in the spring and summer. And again, that was a, a, a later season. So when he got here, it was probably March already. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't even play until April. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, he's a big city guy, but Milwaukee in the summer is a little more tolerable. And, you know, so, yeah, right. He, of course, he's going to make it sound like he got screwed by the Bucks, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, people are going to say we didn't we didn't have the cap space and they might they might not have. But, um, 
yeah, I, he was probably gone no matter what. So right. anyway, um, as far as What's Coach your... Bud, I mean, it was pro probably time, and uh, it's 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 sad just because it's it's I don't know. It just it the uncertainty, and it's you wish it didn't have to be like this, but it really was a, it really was a classy statement, and um, you know he he is he is a good man at the end of the day. Yeah, and I think also too like. You know, obviously don't want to use a uh, tragic family members passing as like an excuse for good PR. But I, I think the Bucks had time to like strategize how we want to do this. The social posts, the John Horse meeting the media, Peter Fagan coming out with a statement, like doing all of these things, checking all of these boxes. And it's not just like, hey, we've, we've let him go or like the Dylan Brooks situation. I know. Shams added a little bit of mustard to that statement, which has pissed off a lot of people. But like the whole idea of like, yeah, this it's not just like, yeah, he's fired and we don't want to talk about it. It was like a very glowing, you know, respectful thing to your point mm -hmm. about what the Bucks did. Well, and it also made the fact that they didn't give exit interviews, you know, yeah. justification, I suppose, because totally that's the answer. You know, that that means there's probably more changes to come. Yep. And, you know, we're going to get into the coaching carousel now. And, you know, there's obviously been a lot of names thrown around um, you know, this draft. I felt like we could have put guardrails on it, but I'm not going to put a ton of guardrails on it. I'm just going to go three and we'll go snake and you can start and just we'll talk about the candidates. We'll talk about what they bring to the table. Um, any questions maybe we have and we'll just do we'll just both do three and see see what it what ends up looking like. All right, so if I get first pick, um, according to my current current big board, then I have to go with Kenny Atkinson, a yep. current assistant coach of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and why would be because I think he's a good coach. Um, he's a good modern NBA head coach. Uh, built the Brooklyn Nets, the previous iteration of the Brooklyn Nets. They're now on the sort of third chapter since then. But um, the – the post Garnett trade, believe it or not, the wasteland yeah. of that was um, took him six years to get to any type of respect, respectability after that trade um, and built them up. Then the Nets go ahead and do a deal with the devil, bring in Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. and I think Kenny Atkinson was the coach there for a season, right? He All was, but were, they were well, hurt. Those, they were hurt, right. They weren't really – Right. They weren't really factors. But and, they kind of made it clear that they didn't that Kenny was right. a little too hard of a coach, was a little bit of a hard ass, and that they weren't they weren't gonna they were gonna work with Kenny. Yeah, and I so I think he got a little bit of a raw deal in Brooklyn and in the meantime has gone to Golden State to be an assistant for the last two seasons, I think. And yep. um won a championship last year. Doesn't look like they're gonna make it this year, but stranger things have happened. And, and was was the Hornets was going to be the Hornets coach, and then decided to back out on it. Kind of McDaniel's that was like, no, I don't want to coach this wasteland, another wasteland team. Right, and probably a smart idea, as right. opposed to guys like Ime Udoka, who honestly, I was thinking about this. As far as Udoka going to Houston, that's probably part of his punishment too. That he has to, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to go I mean, to Houston. You you can take a job, but it's got to be a shit team like it, Houston. It's, it's the learn Chinese meme, but just as you, you better learn how to like, like be a Cajun food. They're known for like Vietnamese Cajun blend food. Like that's what you're going to have to learn, man. 
Like that's your role. You're going to have to learn chopped and screwed. You're going to Houston. So yeah, Kenny Atkinson uh, is my my pick. He's plus I love 500 it. to oh. to be their next head coach. Look at Mitch with some odds here. Um, I I like Kenny Atkinson. I think the I think the hire it would be a great one. Uh, Jake Reitz pointed this out on Twitter today about how, you know, this is similar to Mike Brown stuff, right? Like Mike Brown was yep. the head assistant, the Warriors brought in sort of that Warriors culture to Sacramento and things took off. Now, granted, the situation in Sacramento is a lot different than Milwaukee. Um, I think the old, and but I also don't even really worry about Atkinson when it comes to uh, in terms of managing talent, right? Like he's sees Steph, he's dealt with Draymond's bullshit for the entire year. Like there's no way that Kenny doesn't know how to do deal with that as a co as a head coach or as the assistant. I think it would be just fine. So my number one, and so I was like, do I go unrealistic or realistic? I feel like I I should I should go realistic to start. And then my next pick, I'll go unrealistic. Not necessarily unrealistic, but just like, I think there is a chance there. I think there's smoke starting to billow a little bit. Um, I'm going to go number one and take Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel <laughs> is a guy who I I think, you know, he's not that exciting, right? He doesn't play exactly a flashy style, but he's a motherfucker defensively. He, the Bucks have been already a good defensive team, but they aren't a good defensive team in the playoffs. So if Vogel can say, like, look, I I know what it takes to get a team here. Um, I know that LeBron, you know, kind of carried a lot of that bubble season for Vogel. But I, I do think that Vogel could can do a lot of the the same things that Bud did, but better. And I, I'm okay if Frank Vogel's the coach. I don't think it's gonna excite anybody, but I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's as bad of a retread as maybe some might think. Well, Vogel is, he is on my big board as well at the moment. Um, I kind of agree with you in that it, it it maybe initially would be underwhelming, but I think he checks enough boxes. He's won a championship recently. Uh, He's been a largely successful head coach and yeah, defensive minded. I, I would like, I don't know maybe a little more of an offensive tactician. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you're right that the defensive system that they've run under Bud has failed them more often than not, probably in the playoffs. And, you know, the adjustments need to come on that side of the floor. I feel like in the playoffs and, you know, Brooke Lopez wasn't nearly as effective on or as impactful on defense. I feel like, against Miami um, just the way teams are able to adjust around that may negate that. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'd be okay with Frank Vogel, you know, he's yeah. not my first choice, but I could live with it. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I reading a uh, thing from the, like a rockets blog, you know, he told ESPN was told like Vogel really impressed everybody. He's going to be brought back again. Like they, they were they really seem to like him in Houston. So I do wonder, you know, is that something is, is that part of it, right? Is that does that play into it if the guy is kind of getting that getting that? I know that I probably I probably missed the the obvious with Nick Nurse. I can't believe I let Nick Nurse go. I'm not taking Nick Nurse uh for my second if we snake around here. 
I'm taking Ty Lue. I think Ty Lue's on the table. I think there is enough smoke starting to kind of develop. It's being talked about in national. Zach Gelb kind of talked about it, you know, sold it to Kenny. Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith obviously mentioned, well, he's in L.A. He's probably living on a beach. I understand that part, but Ty Lue could go. You could sell Ty Lue on this simple fact. You have guys that are injured all the time, and Kawhi is one of the weirdest athletes in all sports. And you get Giannis, who's going to listen to every fucking word you say. What would you mm-hmm. rather have as a coach? I think right. Ty Lue would would choose Giannis ten times out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I I would like Ty Lue. I just feel like sometimes talking about a, a coach that's currently under under contract with another team is a little tricky. Oh, you totally. probably have to trade for him, and I, I don't know what type of assets they have. Um, yeah, it's a great it's I don't. A great I don't coach. really. I don't really get how that would work. I know the Bucks once upon a time lured Jason Kidd here, and we're excited temporarily. And yeah. oh yeah, you know, everyone kinda, was fired up. A, for Jason. Well, just because it was a a splash thing, and it was the first thing the new owners did, and um, I think people were impressed and and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, Ty Lue would be great. Um, I think I've. I think when he won the championship with the Cavs, I thought it was, well, you know, he had LeBron. But I feel like as time has gone on, you kind of realize he's one of the better. I mean, he basically coached Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year, off the floor, what, two years in a row in the playoffs? Yep. Right. And um, that's pretty impressive. So he, he's, you know, he's certainly not shy to make adjustments, which would be obviously a breath, breath of fresh air um, yes. for us Bucks fans. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is. But, I mean, we'll see. You know, again, the Bucks are an aggressive organization. It's it's anything's possible at this point. And, again, the rumors, too, reports Woj basically immediately after, you know, he reported that the Bucks have dismissed Mike Budenholzer. The, the quote was – they're waiting to see the results of, of the playoffs to see if there are, you know, whatever that meant for, you know, that there are still teams playing that they might be looking to pick off some current coaches. Right. And to me, I was holding that hope that's Kenny Atkinson. Yes. Um, and that could be what it is because they didn't interview him apparently, right. or they have permission to interview him and right. they're not technically done yet. So. Um, it could it could be anything. Some people are speculating Doc Rivers. I don't think either of us are going to draft him. No, um, no, and but, I don't think either of us would draft this. But is there a world where Steve Kerr? It's like I, I think Steve Kerr would retire before like he would actually be a coach again. But I mean, Warriors fans are kind of getting sick of Steve Kerr in a weird way. It's strange. It's bizarre. I don't understand it. Um, Bob Myers might be out. Um, does is that even like yeah. possible or is it just so stupid and such like NBA Twitter stuff that it's not even really worth entertaining? Well, I would say it's extremely unlikely, but I, I think it, there's a sliver of possibility. As you mentioned, Bob Myers, if he, if he's out, then I don't know, maybe things are much different in golden state. 
Well, um, and that might be that might be an unfortunate thing with Atkinson because what if Kerr goes up to the front office, which he has done before? He did it in Phoenix. Like, what if mm-hmm. then it's Steve Kerr kind of goes Brad Stevens and he becomes like VP of basketball operations, and then Kenny Atkinson slides in as the head coach of the Warriors, and maybe that's why he didn't leave the Hornets. That's Haven't you want to kind of. No, I, I kind of didn't but either that's, until that, that's, I... That's very... That's plausible, certainly. Until I just did, like, a Charlie Day, Pepe Silvia, just started plotting out things, and I was like, holy shit, wait a second. And, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, we're like, yeah, we're like, fuck, That's very... Well, that's probably what's going to happen. Bob Myers is going to go to the Lakers, and then Steve Kerr will become the, the P.O.B.O., just like Brad Stevens, and then, yeah, that would make too much sense. Which is um, why it's real quick, not to interrupt you, but like it's crazy that the I know Bob Myers is fucking awesome at his job, but like Rap Linka like did a pretty good job. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, like, did. he did. It's like did, why why would at the you same wanna... time he, he traded two first round picks for, for role players. Yeah, that's so. I mean, that's fair fair challenge, fair fair counter argument. All right, who's your second pick, which is probably an obvious one? Uh I'll take Nick Nurse because yeah. I can't believe he's on the board. Yeah, um, I fucked up. I mean, there. I, I don't I, even know. I I don't really know what they're. I don't really like Nick Nurse. I think that's a big a big issue for Bucks fans to kind of get past. Um, right. You know, when this shit started, this this Twitter discussion uh, in the middle of the Miami series about well, you know, Bud's gone, you know, and Nick Nurse had already been been let go. Mm-hmm. It's it's right away. People are connecting the dots. And it was like, I am so uncomfortable with this just because (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's 2019, but it's, it's also the guy just kind of seems like a, like a little bit of a D bag, but Hey, I could talk myself into it. He's won a championship recently. Um, But I just, I don't know. I can't get over the fact that Toronto never had a great half court offense. And also like, they just weren't good the last few years. I mean, I don't know. At, yeah, at least, I mean, at least the at least Giannis carried Bud, but at least they were a fifty win team every year. Yeah, I mean, I think these are all sort of fair challenges. Like, I don't think that this is something that is should be ignored, right? Like, I I really look at it and say, like, all right, man, there there are concerns. It's not just plug and play. If there was plug and play, Nick Nurse would already be here, right? And he'd mm-hmm. be on his way. They wouldn't do the courtesy interviews. Um, he has to obviously get interviewed first. I think it's interesting of note that he isn't in this first round. Like it's Atkinson, it's Boriego, it's Charles Lee. Those are the guys that are are there. And so Nurse isn't even involved in that. Now, why is that? Is that because they're just getting those early entries. Like when you're interviewing people for an actual job, not like, well, this is an actual job, but you get my point. Like you're hiring mm-hmm. someone for marketing. Sometimes you don't like to interview the people you think you're going to hire at first. Like you want to like meet with everybody. And then the people you're going to hire, it's kind of the middle guys. And then, then you'll do a couple like jerk off interviews at the end, just to say you did it. Like Becky Hammond, right. no offense to her, but like, I could see that being one where it's like, Oh, look at the books. Like, Progressive, they're gonna they're gonna make a move yeah. like this, and I, I'll tell you right now, there's a hundred reasons why Becky Hammond won't be the coach of the Bucks, and it has nothing to do with their gender. It's just a really difficult 
job and that's and it would bring a lot of pressure just for her being a woman you add in the fact that it's the best player in the world and it just would be a shit storm and i don't think she wants that and i think she would rather be at somewhere that's a little quieter where she can kind of build a legacy like a detroit for example or even toronto honestly who i think has interviewed with her they thought they haven't no they did the jj reddick thing which was wild um but yeah i i don't i just don't see a, a path for her yeah, I mean, I don't know. I Becky Hammond, I whatever. I mean, she's down down the list for for odds on favorites, but yeah. they did an interview her in 2018 or whatever, yeah. 20 yeah, 2018. And but to me it's like why would you go back to the Yeah, she that's the a good point. Then. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That. She's actually actually been a head coach in the WNBA now. At that point, she was right. just uh, an assistant with the Spurs. So, um, yeah. I think for my last pick, I will go – Chris Quinn would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Just uh, just do the – just say, all right, you can't beat him, join him, and get a guy <laughs> who's been under Spolstra's wing for a while, former – Former Notre Dame player, I think some Marquette yeah. fans that'd be a tough pill to swallow too. Um, you know, and he he would be a very intriguing hire because it would be a brand new coach. And I think the immediate concern is a guy who hasn't coached. He's young. He's young. Is that going to work? Is that going to is that going to you know be the thing that is right for Giannis at this point of his career? Had Giannis had a couple titles by now and Bud retired. I could maybe make the argument that I'm like, yeah, it's okay to have a young guy. Like there's already a couple banked in Giannis has maybe signed an extension at this point. Like it's okay to try something a little different. I think there's just a ton of pressure and I don't know if a a first year coach, but I don't hate the thought because of the Miami background. Right. That's kind of really what I would go for. And just that he's been, a coach with the heat for wow since 2014 so basically from day one after he retired uh he's been with the miami heat and obviously heat culture we all hate it but it's something that you know he's learned under a guy who's been a top three coach in the nba for you know half a dozen years now or more and I guess that's the interesting part for me. Um, obviously, there's no no sample, and you're right. That's tough because that's my thing with with the whole coach thing is I want it to be as seamless as as possible, and that's that was the scary thing with firing Bud is you know the bar is pretty high, and right. um, now that's not to say that I mean the Bucks at this point knock on wood, seeing what happens in the off season can pretty much fall out of bed and roll out the balls and win 48 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would, that would, that'd be a bad season at this point. Right. So, um, you know, a monkey could coach this team probably to 45 wins or more. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, so. yeah. Anyone, anyone with a pulse, like you and I could probably coach a 45 win bucks team. Oh, absolutely. Like probably better, but I mean, we could at least get to 45 for sure. Yeah, man. So I mean, coaches matter, coaches matter, but at the end of the day, a lot of it falls on the players. 
Right. I, I mean, I think you're kind of seeing it with the with Joel Missoula, right, in Boston, where it's like he was he coached a really good team. Two guys, all two all NBA guys, it was very easy during the regular season. And then when it got to nut crunching time, Joe's nuts have been about as small as you can get. And that's where that's where the real coaching starts. And Missoula just doesn't have Missoula doesn't have it yet. And maybe he will next year, maybe will the year after. I mean, it makes sense why they wanted bringing back Frank Vogel, why they wanted Frank Vogel as a head assistant um, and didn't happen. Um, Vogel didn't take the job. Why? I don't know, but makes me maybe like him a little bit more. But, yeah, mm-hmm. man, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, for my last pick, I don't know, man. I, this is a bad pick to have because I don't really want to take Charles Lee. Um, I just think the Bucks aren't – that would be um, – I think people will be okay with it, but the message to the fan base isn't that great. I'm not going to try to sell you that we could get either LA coach and say Darvin Ham. I don't want Taylor Jenkins. Um, I just don't think he really handled all the Memphis stuff that well. And I think his system is more like Bud's than like Darvin Ham's is. I don't like Mike D'Antoni at all. He's 71 fucking years old. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yes. Does it fix your half court offense? Yes. Do you, can you say, well, what you have offensively is great, but then, then defensively you're okay because you have Giannis. Drew and Brooke, well, yes, maybe, but look at what the Heat just did. What's to say that won't happen with D'Antoni? You need to get a defensive guy in there. You know, if you got Vogel as a head assistant, maybe, but would Vogel do that? I, he just didn't do it for Boston. Why would he do it for Milwaukee? So I'm going through all these names. I've, I've not given an answer. I've ducked and dodged. I will begrudgingly go with Steve Nash. I don't really oh, like wow. it. Yeah, I don't really like it. I, I don't like it. Um, but I think if you gun to your head, Mary fuck kill those three guys, I think Steve Nash comes out on top for me. And I think it is a guy who's been with superstars, managed them. Okay. I didn't think he made a ton of adjustments. That'd be the thing that would scare me. But mm-hmm. I think if you built a better coaching staff around Nash and had a couple older guys ready to go, maybe like a James Boriego in there you know, as an assistant, like I like Barry Ego as like an assistant. I don't like him as a head coach. Cause I just, am like, what did he do? I know there are people who've said, Oh, he was actually a pretty good coach, which would be interesting to be very kind of, I, you see that a little bit more in the NFL where a guy who hasn't done well, all of a sudden then he gets a job and it's like, well, how's that possible? But I, I just look at Nash and I, I think, all right, this is a guy who's done superstar stuff. He's he had, you know, the struggles, you know, can he, can he coach a, a winning team? And I, I do think like Giannis and team would respond to that. Yeah. Interesting thought. Um, he wasn't even really on my radar, but um, yeah, I mean, with Nash, he had to put up with a lot of bullshit in Brooklyn, uh, certainly at the end. And, but by all accounts is, a very beloved guy around the industry. And um, I think again, with a superstar like Giannis and, and company, I feel like there's, there's potential. Um, But yeah, you know, having gone against him in the playoffs, granted it was his first season as coach, but there were some interesting things that he did. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget you know, him, him pulling the plug in some of those games against Brooklyn with like four minutes left right? when we were only up by like 15 mm-hmm. where it's like, 
you're doing us a favor, man, because this team will fucking melt down so fast and you'll be right back in this game. And I, I don't know. I, I didn't really understand some of that stuff, but I definitely appreciate it because we wouldn't have won a championship without it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair critique, right? Like it's, you know, will he, will he learn from his mistakes? Will he, will he do that? You know, is that going to happen? Or is this just gonna, you know, just that's who he is as a coach. And I think that's always the unknown with the guy who's only done it once. It's like, is that his, his MO? Like, I think now with Bud, I think that he's now probably not going to get that job where it's like a team on the cost. Like if let's just say the Philly doesn't finish it off and they fire Doc Rivers, I don't think Philly's going to look at Bud. I, there's no way. But I think uh, a team who's on the rise, 100%. I think Bud is 100% a guy that could be involved. So really I had a thought stuff. For, for him about the Knicks maybe if – Oh, yeah. You know. If they're just decide they're done with Tibbs, um, you know, some sort of team that's looking to take the next step, a team that's kind of caught in the in the four to eight range in the conference right. or in one of the conferences, a team that's looking to go from forty five to fifty five wins. I mean, that's that's your guy. Yep. Yeah. No. I, absolutely. I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Also, we should add before we wrap up the coaching carousel, Giannis Antetokounmpo's having another kid. That guy just can't stop. Number three. Yeah, just, I mean. And they're just all about the, probably can't be more than two years apart. And yeah, know. I mean, just a baby-making machine, man. Just can't can't stop, won't stop. R- ringing the bell, baby. Yeah, no shit. Uh, my wife actually broke that news to me, um, who is uh, – who put that on uh, text to me like yeah, I have another baby, and I looked at his Instagram, and sure enough, he he definitely is. I so, can't even think of his second son's name. I think it's Maverick. Is it because obviously Prince Liam is the first yeah. one? Yeah, but... Giannis. Some say Maverick, Giannis to the uh, to Dallas. Um, that's what that's what that is. <laughs> well, he's going to the Knicks. We all know that. So yeah. Oh man, the Giannis rumor. The Giannis rumors just stop like i love bill simmons i will always love bill simmons one of my guys but to talk about a fake orlando trade and i know it was partly due to the producer saruti being a a magic fan and not even mentioning john hammond was i mean how how do you do that you know what i mean like i also uh, i also listened to that and i thought they they weren't going to include franz wagner in that like yeah, there would be you. no assets left at all. Yeah, trust yeah, me. no, it's Franz, it's Franz and fucking Paula. Like, it's, and and all their first round picks for yeah, the, every yeah. other every year of the year for the next ten years. Yeah, and like if you tra- like, and I think the other part, and I know they were kind of just doing it more jokingly, but the macro, like, if you traded Giannis, there's no basketball in Milwaukee anymore. It's over. Like, it's I mean the amount. It, of like just completely right. shitting on this fan base and you would be in the dark, dark ages. And I think so many people would be out on Bucks basketball. They'd be like, whatever, I'll just watch college hoops. It's fine. I don't really, I'll, you know, come around the playoffs. I'll still root for Giannis, but yeah, absolute. Like I just, I think it's a garbage topic for anybody. I think Windhorse, I understand that Windhorse has been good, you know, sources wise, and, you know, he had to go bear thing and everything like that. But 
let's kind of remember that Lazary, I think, was well connected with these guys. With and same with Bud. Uh, Zach Lowe talked about having multiple dinners with Bud. I'm like, yeah, it's a little bit of conflict of interest. I don't know if I'd admit that if I'm a guy doing reporting. That's just me. Um, that's what those guys do, though. I mean, that's, I know, I know. That's that's how they're quote unquote insiders and writers and stuff. They they just hang out with these, you know, hang out whatever you want to. They schedule lunches and stuff like that. That's and visits and them around and sniff their hiney and stuff like that so right no i know that's sort of sort of what they do i mean i don't know yeah you're, they're not it, it would be a prince fielder situation times times a million oh um, yeah yeah i mean you're going down with the ship no matter what you know i can't think of a situation where it i mean unless again but that's how this works is he could go to the front office and say you know I'm sure it would be extremely emotional and it would be, you know, in only the way Giannis could do it, that he would, you know, he would like to, to go elsewhere. But I mean, we're not even close to that fucking point. So I'll well, just shut up. And the last part that we're worth remembering is sometimes guys stay like he wanted out of Houston before they won the championships. They kind of – I know different era of basketball, but they sort of stuck it out with them, and they won two titles. And I think it's not like a one-to-one, but it doesn't always – it doesn't really happen anymore. But I do think you could play hardball. Like, Giannis is a different guy. He's just not like the other dudes. And I think if you just, you know, work on it, and if you need to work on building the relationship more, you do it. But I do think the Bucs are real. Every move is being made because they want to win for Giannis. And if Giannis doesn't want somebody there or Giannis thinks that things can be done differently, they're taking care of him. They're taking care of their guy. And I I just think that will continue uh, no matter what. Right. So moving on to the Green Bay Packers, uh, speaking of former disgruntled superstars, uh, the NFL schedule comes out. We'll know when the Packers play their first game. We'll know how many noon games they get. We'll know how many primetime games they get. Probably, I would say, never really, like, make it an appointment television to look. I do, like, well, I'll go through 1 through 18. Every week I'll look and be like, oh, yeah, that's a great game. Or, like, those are good primetime slots. Like, I always am fascinated by, you know, the schedule setup, um, which is probably a little bit nerdy of me, admittedly. But I do, I do think there are games to look forward to for the Green Bay Packers, and and there are ones that people will circle. And what's maybe one or two that you're like, all right, yeah, this is this is one that I want to make sure I'm either you're probably not attending, but like making sure that I'm tuned in TV wise, and that it's you know kind of a must watch for me. Uh, the one, the one that jumps out to me is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um... Coming to Lambeau Field, Justin Herbert will go up against Jordan Love. Um, you know, obviously the Chargers are a machine in offense, so mm-hmm. I think that would be a very, very fun one to watch. Now, that may get hindered if that game is in, I don't know, early January or, or you know, anytime after like Thanksgiving in terms of uh, high-powered offense, might not necessarily be. And Justin right. Herbert, he's a, he's a West Coast guy. He's from, he's from Oregon, 
you know, went to Oregon, uh, plays in LA now in a dome. And how many games oh, yeah. has he played in cold weather? No, Probably I mean, none. the Chargers, I mean, I'm sure, no, I don't think there are a lot of Chargers pods, but I'm sure if, if there are and they're talking about the schedule today, they are terrified of going to Green Bay in November or December. Um, and the and the NFL loves to do that. I mean, they've done it with the Rams like three times now. Mm-hmm. The Rams had a Monday night game, and they Packers play the Rams again at Lambeau this year. Crazy yeah, enough. They and they love putting those teams in those weird situations where it's like, oh, hey, here we go. You get to play. Or putting the Packers in like Tampa in whatever, like uh, September. And it's like, oh, hey, here you go. You're going to play in the humidity. Enjoy. Like, that's fun. Uh, one thing I wanted to say before oh, I, should, I should have is like, it's, you know, I'm not being an asshole, but it's like, there really aren't that many exciting games. I mean, I, it's part of it is probably the fact that the Packers did finish what in third place right? and in their division. And it's kind of a lighter schedule than, than it has been. I mean, Atlanta, I don't know what, you know, what to yeah. expect from them. Carolina is is interesting just because of the fact they have no, you know they have Bryce Young, um, but it, who knows Carolina, that, that could be a week Carol, long game, right? Carolina's one you it, from like a watchability perspective you hope it's middle of the season because you get Bryce Young versus Jordan Love and it's two young quarterbacks going at it. From a fan perspective, you hope it's early on in the season and it's Andy Dole because that might mm-hmm. be a game Packers can steal. You are but, right. I I talked to a friend of the program Murph and he was like. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, I think some Packer fans are going to be more excited to see what the Rodgers schedule looks like and what the Jets schedule looks like. And he's like, well, I think they're going to put a lot of Jets games on TV here in Wisconsin. And I think it's a little overdramatic. He's a big Rodgers guy. But I, I do think there's there's some of that too. But, yeah. Well, overall, the NFC North stinks. And what's that? I mean, I said the NFC North is probably not is going to be mediocre. Yeah. And the Saints, they doing much for you? The Buccaneers no. without, without Tom Brady? No. Uh, the Falcons, the Raiders. What? Yeah. Who knows what the Raiders are going to be like? They're probably not going to be very good. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's a, it's a potentially favorable schedule. The Broncos. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand these people who think the Packers are going to be bad next year. Like I just don't get it. Like I understand that there's a path, but you look at this schedule and you're like, and I just saw today from Bill Spears, Packers are going to travel the least amount of any team in the NFL. I think they're actually second. But they are doing very limited travel this year, which means they're going to be fresh for almost all their games. Now, granted, lo and behold, they'll get fucked with like two Thursday night games. And just like the NFL will be like, oh, yeah, you're not traveling a bunch? Okay, we'll put you on Thursday night football twice this year. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Are there going to be multiple Thursday night games? Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, so you're saying like it's a just, 6 o'clock and an 8.30 right. game well, or something like but, that? but – what it is is teams will will have multiple Thursday night games over a season, right? Yeah. Basically, what I gather from the this schedule, there's a few things that I've gathered. Number one, and I don't always agree with Mike Florio, but I putting the Dolphins and Chiefs in Germany says to me they think they have a real chance at striking oil in Germany. And that fan base is so fervent there that Germany might be the place for international football and not London. That's number one. Number two is the Thursday night stuff and the fact that not every team has to play on primetime anymore, which I hate. I kind of like 
seen every team. Yeah. Um, that tells me, hey, Amazon was fucking pissed about their package last year. Mm-hmm. They paid a ton of money for this. We do a bunch of advertising. We want, you know, we want fucking good games. And I was like, all right, we'll we'll bend the rules. We'll potentially start flexing games into Thursday, which I truly, truly think might ruin the NFL. I'm not even I'm I, I am I think the NFL is getting to that point where they're almost getting too greedy. And you're like, Charlie, that's hard to do. Like the NFL has always been greedy. But like I, I just think that we're getting to a point where it's almost I, we're oversaturating. Yeah. And I think the other thing that people don't realize about the primetime rules, you're going to see a lot of the same fucking teams, man. You're going to see a lot of the same fucking teams. And it's not going to be fun. It's going to be like, oh, another Sunday night where the Chiefs well, are playing. It it does it does seem it will maybe turn into baseball or basketball or even ho- hockey's the worst where there's it's same oh, yeah. eight teams that, for yeah, all their you- primetime games. Do you know it's? Do you know the original six, Mitch? Do you know the original six? Um, I do. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying, like that's it. I think I like, do. no, I was more just. It was more a joke of like, it's right. right. And so, yeah, I think it. It is really hard to, you know, back to the Packers. Like, yeah, I don't know. They'll get a couple primetime games. Like, I, I guarantee you, Packers Steelers will be in oh, primetime. Yeah. Like, that's two na- two nationally known teams, two teams that bring people in for sure will will be there yeah i mean uh, I, I i would say and i i could let you make your pick yeah first go ahead no i i the chiefs are the obvious one so yeah. i mean i'll just I'll, I'll point it out there i think the chiefs one kind of comes with a qualifier i would love to play the chiefs week six and on because that right. gives the the packers at least a little time to get going Which, um the, oh that God. reminds me. I, I was going to look at your. Uh, I saw your 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 predictor from, yeah. from yesterday's podcast. Yeah. See if I can pull it up. I thought it was rather interesting and and uh, convenient that <laughs> it, it was a pretty pretty light schedule to start the the first few weeks, um, which I think up. a lot of they were playing the Chiefs in Week Five. I, I, okay. And, and Minnesota okay, on a right. Thursday. And Minnesota on a Thursday night. Like well, you, you give I, them the Bears in Carolina. Uh, week week one and two. I mean, so, that'd be great if it, to, to let Jordan Love get his feet wet against the uh, the Bears. I and... I'll I'll say this. You know what? Here's what. So the Chiefs are the obvious answer, and I'll say yeah. I, I think it'd be a great measuring stick game. Be really nice if it was a little bit into the season, so that we can get a really good idea of what this Packers team is. And then, so I I will say the Chiefs. My underrated one a little bit is the Lions. I want to beat those motherfuckers so bad. Oh, I, I really do. do. I fucking, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Their fan base is fine on Twitter. They don't really chirp me at all. Like, I don't know what, it's just, you've always been our little brother. Stay being our little brother. Like, we, you you are not, you're not that guy. And I don't think they are. And and I I wonder if they'll get Thanksgiving. I've That was one of my things that I thought maybe the Packers get. And they end up being the Thanksgiving team because it's been since 2013, I think, that the Packers wow. haven't played Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I was I, gonna I ask. Just, it's, I feel like it's been a while. It, that that seems to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And you have Rodgers on Black Friday, so that's not you're not gonna get Jets Cowboys, you know, in the afternoon, which these Rodgers will be going to face off against his old coach. 
um, this year. So that'll be a huge game, and they'll blow that one out, of course. I mean, that'll that'll break the internet. Oh, I'm sure it'll be. You know what it'll be? It'll probably be the Sunday night uh, when they have the World Series, the Lou Jets Cowboys, and that will be that will be the uh, game to basically make sure that no one's watching the World Series. <laughs> So oh, it's all it's all calculated, man. Like I know. Uh, the last thing I'll say about the schedule is, so I had previously worked for a retailer. I think I might have mentioned who which one, but I don't need to. And I told them two years ago, three years ago, I was like, "Hey, Amazon's going to try to add a Black Friday game." I think I sent a link, and I was like, "Yeah, this, it could be a really big issue for us if this like happens because they're going to make it like a complete shoppable experience." They're going to make sure that no one wants to leave their couch and they're just going to inundate people with ads and we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Sure as shit. Amazon's like, I don't know what, who, what she was, but she was on good morning football basically said that exact same fucking thing. It's, you know, it's a huge deal to the black Friday game. It's massive. It, um, it, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it, I, I like it. I don't work black Friday anymore. So guess what? I get another day of NFL football. Great. Um, Christmas well, day. And, and that's, and that's exactly why t- they're going to keep doing it because people are going to keep watching it. And I know that, you know, you just, you just mentioned two minutes ago about how greedy the NFL is getting, but at the end of the day, it's going to, it's going to draw 30 million people. Yeah. If the, but if the product, like, I think the flex stuff, I think the, the flex stuff, and I think they want to try to flex Monday nights and they just want this, like, kind of almost rolling schedule it it just doesn't work that way you can't you can't predict it and if they had a brain they would make sure that like certain big games are towards the end of the year like they did they announced uh they announced what it was Bengals chiefs on on new year's eve more than likely both those teams are going to be in the mix at the end of the year that's smart Mm -hmm. that's what they should be doing at the back of the year, I understand you want some of these big dick games at the start of the year, but it really should be like a sandwich with awesome bread and maybe like okay meat. Because then you have, you know, have the World Series, you have the NBA, you have college basketball starting. Like it's okay if like October and November aren't as awesome because it's likely the rest of the you can have an awesome NFL week and maybe a shitty, shitty primetime game and still be okay. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what they do. It is. And if we had local radio here, I'd be like, I'm looking forward to listening to people, uh, people talking about, you know, six and 10 or six and 11 and, you know, 11 and six and, you know, the overreactions, both sides, but we just have dick and fart jokes now. So it doesn't really happen anymore. Yep. What can I, what, I, I Hey, don't ask me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Entirely different conversation for an entirely different time. Probably good for our Patreon. Um, anyways, moving on to Milwaukee Brewers. Um, times have been rough for the Milwaukee Brewers. They lose their third straight series. They were at one point 14 and five. Now they are 20 and 17. Uh, it's been rough, but to help the Brewers, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates continue to lose, and the NL Central looks like dog shit. And I've basically asked the question, first of all, I guess how you're feeling about the Brewers, but are you feeling like me? And, like, I'm not really that concerned because I only think it might take 88 wins to win the NL, NL Central. 
yeah, I mean, in the early going, it's kind of looking that way. Um, can't really trust any any of these teams, right? I mean, mm-hmm. St. Louis has been weirdly horrible. Um, they're always lying in the weeds, though. I yep. mean, I don't I don't care if they're if they're twenty five games below five hundred on July thirty first. You know damn well they're going to win forty games those last two months and. <laughs> and get right back in the mix. Well, I um, talked just to interrupt real quick. I talked to my dad yesterday and I was like, look, man, I'm not counting out the Cardinals. They like look at the Nationals 2019, look at the Braves 2021. Like all it takes is just a, a, a like, yeah. month long hot streak and then you're back in the mix. Right. And then you roll right in the postseason and, mm-hmm. and Lord knows anything can happen in a baseball playoffs. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it sucks that right when the Bucks went in the shitter, Brewers did too, basically. Um, yeah. You know, like clockwork. And really the first 20 games or so when they were really rolling, I mean, a lot of people were probably distracted with the Bucks and whatnot. And then Garrett Mitchell injury, and now, you know, the offense has, has struggled. They got the one win against the Dodgers this week, but that was under – you know, largely unusual circumstances for the Dodgers. And right. um, at least they took advantage of that. But yeah, it's been, it's been tough sledding lately. Um, you know, um, the West yeah. Coast trip was bad. And, you know, I was thinking we went to that Sunday game against the Angels. And that was the first game where it was like, all right, this, there's, this was, they threw this game away. Yeah, and, and that's they rolled and, out a Sunday lineup, and it kind of it kind of has lingered. It it kind of was a uh, in retrospect a really dumb move by them, and it kind of maybe it's a lesson that with this team you have to keep your foot on the pedal and understand you know load management whatever. But it might just be a situation where you got to keep it going because it it did it it did sort of carry in. They had a sleepy game against the Rockies, then they face a lefty. They really struggle. They are kind of trying some new stuff with lefties. Didn't really work, but it's Kershaw. I'm I would be less mad about, and I'm not really mad about the series, but I'd be less like concerned if like you ended up going three and three against the Giants and Rockies, and you lost to Sean Mania, who might be the worst pitcher in the NL, who got rocked by the fucking Nationals today, but you lost mm-hmm. to that guy with your ace on the mound, like, and I have a bunch of concerns about Corbin Burns. I think right now I'm just worried a little bit about pitching staff. That's the only thing I'm like, all right, you guys need to be pitching better with the offense, you know, not maybe being as bad as it was last year, but not being as good as it was to start the year. Like all these young guys, you're starting to see the adjustments, which is natural that, you know, teams have figured it out. And I'm, I'm hoping, you know, at some point, you know, Weimer and Trang kind of get back to where they, where they need to be. But, Luke Voigt, not a guy like, and no. I just think at this point we need to start making decisions on who's a guy and who's not a guy. Well, Luke Voigt, Kest- not a guy. Is, is raking in triple A. So. Yeah. But I mean, the point, the thing that's been pointed out to me um, is like Kessie hero when he's been in that sort of every other role, he's really struggled in that, in that capacity. Like that is not, mm-hmm. he needs to be playing every day. And it's like, I don't know, like, you know, mm-hmm. do you try do you try to do go crazy and say, all right, I don't know what he's doing in Nashville. I can look it up. But like, do you say Robert Gasser, like, welcome to the big leagues. Like we need that infusion 
of young pitching talent because Eric Lauer is another guy who I'm done. Like I'm, I've sold all stock. I don't really need Eric Lauer pitching another, another starting another game for the Brewers. <laughs> You're there, huh? No, I just when when's the last time Eric Lauer pitched well? I guess like that Mariners game, but it's like he's he's not been good for a while. Like it's it's just he's bad. Like I don't know. Right. Well, it's crazy how the you know the pitching staff is what they could hang their hat on, but all it takes is like uh, Corbin Burns underachieving and one injury, and next thing you know, you got to start Adrian fucking Hauser, right. and you know coming off coming off the the IL, and suddenly it's you know not as deep maybe as you thought, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far you know, it's probably still going to end up taking like ninety wins, but. Right. I don't know how much more than that. I mean, it's going to probably be low nineties, you know? Yep. Um, and I think at this point, you know, i still feel pretty good about the Brewers chances at, at getting that mark. And um, I don't know, but it's, it's a long season and, you know, the offense, I feel like I saw a lot of good things mm-hmm. the first month. And I don't know why that, that can't come back. And and it, it it I hope it does. Yeah, and I, I think I mean look, I, I think it can. I just think I think you just need to string together hits and you need to you need to sort like they weren't that bad offensively in the two games against San Francisco, right? They produced I think four runs in that game against San Francisco that they lost uh to the yeah. Giants. Um and then they obviously won the game on Sunday. They produced, they had some good run production on um whatever day that was. It was um they, they lost nine to six to Colorado. Yeah, Thursday, yeah, yeah. But it's like it does seem like if they get thrown off their spot a little bit, they're like they're they they do not know what to do. Like the Dodgers game on Tuesday night, they expected Thor, they had a book on Thor, they were ready to face Noah Syndergaard. He has this weird fucking blister that's gross. And then they have to face their entire bullpen, and they just don't know what to do. That wasn't that great of a bullpen, but it was good enough to get them through that entire game and only allow two runs. And so it's like, how do you guys, you know, we talked about adjustments at the start of this pod, like, how do you adjust? I, I don't think, and maybe it's because they're a younger team, like, they're just not doing well in that adjustment category and adapting to if things are a little bit different, how do they, how do they respond? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a tough, tough situation, you know, with, with the center guard. I, I didn't see the, I heard about it on the radio mm-hmm. uh, from, from our, our friend, Bob Uecker. Uh But it was, was it really that bad? It was, yeah, it was like pussing out and like, huh. it was, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, yeah. Euchre was into it, man. It was like world war two for Euchre. Like he was, it was like that, like the, they were going blow by blow on that thing. I'm sure. I mean, I better not even say it. <laughs> well, I mean, your God, Bob Uecker, I mean, would rather talk about anything other than the fucking game going on. So, I mean, I don't know. It's frustrating. A uh, little known fact, which is maybe one of the few people in, in the state of Wisconsin who's not a, not a huge Bob Uecker guy. Respects well, him. He's, Respects he's, him. But... Yeah. I mean, he's great, but... At the same time, I'd like to know the score once in a while. 
yeah, just to check it, just like, hey, Brewers, you know, down 4-1. Um, we're heading into the fifth inning here. Uh, but, yeah. It's like, if, it's like if I jump in the car and Euchre's going in the middle of it, it's like, I know I'm not getting the score, so I have to look it up. <laughs> He's like, Siri, what is the Brewers score? Uh, Pretty much. You know? Which might have triggered all your series if you're series if you're listening in the car. Uh, I also looked up Robert Gasser and uh, he's he's not he's he has 34 strikeouts, which leads the sounds, but his ERA is 5.47, so not great. Um, Gasser the gas can. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. I I need to have justification on the Josh Hader, Hader trade. I need to to win that one. But yeah, I to circle back. I, I just think the Brewers are are going to be okay. Um, it's not that big of a deal. I think that they, they are, you're going to go through bad streaks. I saw Joe Sheehan, who's kind of a baseball uppity dude, but he's like, it'd be, it'd be nice if we got back to just saying, Hey, it's baseball chill. And we had, and not everything has to be a hot take, but I'm like, my man, we do not live in that fucking world anymore, but we can mm-hmm. talk about it on this podcast. Cause we're not, you know, it's, we're not singing for our supper and say like, yeah, it's, this is going to be a stretch. That is tough for the Brewers. They're one and two. The Royals are the are you gotta take advantage. You can't not win two two yeah. games this weekend. If you don't win two games this weekend, like that is a big, big deal. You have Burns on the mound on Friday. Like set the goddamn tone and, and win that series because this you what's upcoming is not easy. And that's that's the that would be the part that would stick in me that I would get. I get pretty upset. So who do we have? If I'm looking, I'll I'll have pod tomorrow too. So we have Burns and undecided Apple TV game on Friday for the people. By the way, which and you need a subscription for that. So uh, just a uh, just a friendly reminder for the people. Oh, old friend Zach Granke on the mound Saturday. Yeah, who's a completely different person probably from the ten years ago that he was a pitcher for the Brewers. I mean. Well, Granky throws like 15 different pitches, doesn't he? It's old friends weekend. Jordan Lyles on the mound on on Sunday. Um, God. Yeah. Didn't, so, didn't Barstool Baseball do something about Jordan Lyles today? With did they? The fact that he's made like $50 million in his career and he's got to be like terrible. the worst pitcher to, to ever make that. But, but he's, as people were pointing out in the comments, he's uh he's the legendary innings eater, you know? Jordan, Just one Jordan of those guys that a bad team wants. Jordan Lyles, forever a legend for the 16 inning Brewers Brewers Pirates game. Um, getting that hit. One of one of the craziest fucking games I've ever watched in my life. Um, that's just I feel like he's he's he is that guy that's like generally, you know, below mediocre. Yeah. But then has like one like near no hitter or like something like that that like just Probably keeps him kind of kind of rele- relevant enough yeah. to like has has like one moment a year yeah. where it just keeps him keeps him cashing checks. It's it's admirable. The thing about Granky that's wild. That's been a little study for the people. Um, that he's been awesome at home, but just a complete wreck on the road. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's crazy, and it's it's like it's the last couple of years. It's like he at home he's awesome, on the road complete shit. Uh, so something to keep yeah. in mind, uh, you know, for for Saturday. But we'll uh, now that you jinxed, now that you jinxed it. Yeah, I know, I know. We're gonna if I will be in a bad spot. I will say if the Brewers want to ruin Mother's Day, I'll be in a bad spot if uh, they've uh, they've not won two out of three or swept against the Royals. 
who are 11 and 27 to begin the year. Yeah. Well, after, after a a crazy start to the year schedule wise, you know, the Brewers finally, you know, I don't know. It would be nice to play the athletics. I was literally thinking about that, but I mean, you get the, you get the Royals. I mean, close enough. And like you said, just, just got to take advantage yeah, it's a, it's a get right weekend. It's a slump buster weekend. Try to, you know, take advantage of it. Don't, you know, don't do something dumb and, and only win one or something or like that. But yeah, and Andrea Burns in the mound. So, and Peralta. Peralta's going on Sunday. So it's like, all right. Yes, Adrian Hauser's pitching on Saturday, which is a, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, but at least you have two of your guys going. So one to, one to take advantage of. Yeah. Hopefully there's no lefties for Kansas City. No, no lefties yet, but I just realized that both Lauer and Wade Miley will pitch against the Cardinals next week. Both lefties, Cardinals eat up lefties, so that's good. So we got that going for us. Yep, lovely. Man, it is what it is, but anything else for people before we uh, wind out and head out of here? Well, the Knicks ended up winning that Heat game, so yeah, yeah. Um, I was wrong. Julius Randle, you know, clutch steal at the end. You know, looked as checked out as it could be last game, and the Knicks came back and uh, and got done, got the W. So we'll see, and we'll see what happens uh, with Lakers Warriors tonight. I think everybody's expecting the Warriors to hold serve here, but it's uh, it's why they play the games. Actually, uh, hot seat me because if they if we have two game sixes on Friday, it's on my wife's birthday, so I will not be uh, I'll not be watching game six. I might get to watch like end of late second half of Lakers Warriors. Cause she'll be in bed, but yeah, that, that might be my only hope. Well, T's and P's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's part of marriage, brother. You know, it's just, just how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. Thankful. It's not the Bucks game six. Cause that would be a entirely different story. So maybe, well, maybe it's a good thing. The Bucks are, are playing. Garden home is playing Friday night. So I won't oh, see any yeah. of it. Unfortunately. Yeah, go check out the boys. You should have opened with that. When we, I asked you how you're doing. Where are you guys at? For, so people can, can go Bremen check Bremen Cafe out. On, on Bremen Street in River West. It's a good, so, good time. I've, I've seen you guys there. I, I one time I have we haven't played there in four years. Bringing it back. I one time wore a cardigan there and everyone else was in leather leather uh jackets. I've never felt more out of place in my life. Well. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it's it's on me. I, you know, I was in fucking River West wearing a cardigan. I should have known better. Like it's just that's 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 on me. Yeah, I'm sure there's places in River West you could wear a cardigan, but um, yeah, Raymond Cafe ain't one of them. A a venue that has punk and metal bands and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. maybe not one of them. But no, no, that's, a little... place that's fuck on up, me for bitch. not preparing. That's not that's on me for not preparing you. Yeah, you didn't give me give me the uh, scouting report. I didn't get the uh, get the one sheeter. Um, and know what I what I was getting into. But that's okay. Well, good luck with your show. Um, go see Mitch. Um, I'm sure Shay kind will be out somewhere. Um, if he is, go see him. Uh, support the support the fam, uh, as we as we like to do. So, uh, take care, take care, everybody. Uh, I will be back, uh, reacting to the schedule, going through it all, uh, with you on Friday. Um, and yeah, who knows what else? Maybe we'll do some fun stuff since it's a Friday show. Don't have don't have much else going on in the the world of Wisconsin sports, but we'll continue to find a way. Appreciate all the listeners and support. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. Peace.